The Shakespeare Society and PlayShakespeare.com presents Shakespeare Talks. Shakespeare Talks. Hello, and welcome to the PlayShakespeare.com podcast. I'm Chris Adams, the editor and London correspondent. In this episode, I catch up with Simon Mueller and Liam Evans Ford, both from the Factory Theatre Company, right after their performance of Hamlet at the Rose Theatre, Kingston. We discuss the Factory's history and its lively approach to theatre. Before each performance, the cast members are randomly assigned roles, and the audience members are asked to bring along props, which are then incorporated into the performance. The result is sometimes bizarre, but certainly creative. Shakespeare Talks. Hey, I'm here with Simon Muller, who has just finished playing Rosencrantz and Osric. And Osric uh, in Hamlet. Yes. Yes. Um, with the, the Factory Theatre production. Yeah. So I was wondering if you could just talk a bit about your involvement with the Factory and how I became involved. Um, the Factory was initially set up by two actors, Alex Hessel and Tim Evans, who were friends at drama school. Um, they wanted to create an environment that was about, that was out with the kind of pressures that are in the mainstream industry. Um, uh, that, that people often, uh, especially younger actors, but, but generally speaking are frustrated with the pressure to be good, and the pressure to get it right, and to kind of investigate what, what theatre can be and what it is and what it, what it should be perhaps. Um, so they set up the company. Tim Carroll, who's the director of this show, and the Seagull, had uh, directed a version of this project in Hungary, and Alex uh, asked him if, if they could start work on a, on a British version of that as a, as a starting point because the factory essentially when it first set up and, and kind of still is, is, is an acting gym really, it's a place to go and work muscles really hard that you don't get, that those don't get worked usually in conventional jobs. Um, I'd worked, at the, a lot of us had, uh, the initial intake had worked with Tim, a lot of us at Shakespeare's Globe where Tim was associate director for many years when Mark was running the building, Mark Ryan was running the building. Uh, and I was, there was a first wave of actors, there were about 20, 30 actors, and I was in the kind of second wave after about four or five weeks where they had another intake, and, and I, I was, I came up in conversation and, and I, I went along. And I just finished the job actually, so it's quite a, it worked really well, so we worked every Wednesday, uh, and then I went to rehearse for something else and I could still go in rehearsals and stuff like that. So that's how I got involved initially, knowing Tim and, and Alex, um, Tim Carroll and Alex. Um, Tim has left the company uh, in 2009 and is now doing his own. Cool. Um, so you say that this particular production or the style that it's in works all kinds of acting muscles. Um, yes. In, in what way or how so? Uh, primarily in the, in the case of the obvious thing in the case of this particular production as opposed to the Seagull is the use of verse. For Tim uh, Carroll is a, is a very uh, pro- big proponent of verse and, and from my experience in the professional theatre probably the most stringent person to, to use verse that I've ever worked with or that I'm aware of. Um, it's not lip service, which I've worked with other directors who use verse but never never as much as Tim does uh, to release it and it's actually technically very difficult to do that consistently. Um, it also, because, because Tim doesn't really at this stage really believe in the idea of 
Uh, certainly with Shakespeare, yeah. and the, the, there is a caveat about Siegel in backstory or character in the conventional sense of decisions that are made before you go into rehearsal or in rehearsal, you've had a chat with the director before and you've got the job. Um, he's interested in what an audience brings to uh, a production and, and empowering an audience. So, uh, again, a lot of the things that are in this particular show, like the draws at the beginning to decide who's going to play, who is not just a gimmick, it's, it's to knock you off centre, you don't know what, you can't pre-plan. Pre-planning is one of the big no-nos in, in this setup. It's a big, it's a big baddie. So yeah, so, so they're, they're the muscles really that, that, that come into play. And then obviously uh, things like the prop use, again that's thinking on your feet so you can't think about what you're doing uh, in terms of I'm going to show how upset I am as Laertes or I'm, I, I've got this, I, I like this bit because it's, it's where I get to act well and show the audience I'm acting hard, I'm doing hard acting. Um, which you do see in the, in the professional theatre, the mainstream theatre, and certainly I've been guilty of that and probably will continue to be that in, in other jobs. Um, so you talk about the audience. Um, what's it like working with the audience in this show as opposed to a kind of more conventional, traditional? Um, well, I'm a bit of an anomaly, like a number of actors here. I've worked a lot of the Globe, um, and I and before I worked at the Globe, actually, I've done quite a lot of uh, Shakespeare that, that was interrogating or investigating the idea of using an audience to talk to. So I don't find it massively discombobulating really. Um, I enjoy that and I try and, I usually try and take that into other shows if I can, if, it, if the show allows it. I suppose that's something that I've taken. I'm doing a show at the moment, I, I, I get the trouble for saying this. Um, I'm, doing, I'm rehearsing a show at the moment uh, which I, th I think is going to be a very good uh, mainstream show but there's a lot of sides in it and I, I can see actors struggling with the sides and going, why are your sides here? Uh, and I, I, in, my, in my head I want to go, just talk to the audience, they won't mind, they, they won't mind at all. Um, so I find it very liberating, that, given the license to do that. Um, so this production of Hamlet is kind of um, predicated on the idea that, that the, the show can change every night, and the show does change yeah. every night. So it's different every night, in the words of Mike Alfred after his book, really, yeah. Um, how... How does that affect your performance, your approach to the show? Um, How does that affect everything? You're essentially building... It's being described, the Hamlet, uh, as looking like an open rehearsal sometimes, and that's not a, that isn't a, um, a derogatory comment. Tim, uh, it's interesting because I worked with Tim before this. Tim, Tim, somebody said to Tim, well, actually, you know, it looks like the actors had more fun in rehearsal than actually we did watching the show. And, and, and Tim was a bit stung by that criticism. And then actually thought to him, I thought, oh, actually, I'm really good at running rehearsal. Um, and maybe that my productions are, the, you know, the fun, the joys taken out of it, which is the case of in a lot of in a lot of theatre. So specifically. Um, uh, there is that sense of it. So you're building on things is essentially what you're, you're trying to do um, with it. Um, you essentially have to pick up ideas. So, for example, you saw a good example tonight, a, a working, happy example of when things were picked up. So the letter, which was a, the same audience member, which is very interesting and a good, a very good, or uh, very uh, was well picked up on. So that's that's your job. Your brass and his um, and his pig, and, the, and also the trumpet, braying out the, the laughing. Yeah. Um, at the end, 
the hats were weapons, weren't they? That was a, that was probably a. a well, it, was yeah, it, it, it yeah. seemed like the hats became kind of a symbol for death itself. Yes, I think when they did. Died, I think they were hatted. What, what yeah. some they definitely used as weapons, definitely, because the Ertis came on with a hat. With the hat, yes. Yeah. yeah, they were used as weapons, and uh, yeah, there, there is there's things to be talked about about that. I think. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, um, was, that was that was kind of a slightly slightly grey area, area, which often happens. Um, but also the other thing you do is very simply uh, on an acting level, I suppose the props is that you, you build on the relationships that you've got so that um, you can't decide if you're playing Hamlet or Ophelia whether they've had sex or not, for example, which is a conventional way of approaching. And, and you would have to, in a conventional setup, make address that decisions. issue and make a decision. Those decisions, you don't even make them. You just don't play. Discuss them. You just you, you make what, what you might end up doing is you might end up playing something that you think is very clear and an audience member, something to be countless times in, in these shows, an audience member's going, oh, it's amazing that this, this that relationship you'd established, and I was, that was nothing to do with what I was thinking I was doing, but it's been read as something else. And the, the freedom the, and, and the, the kind of surrender to that is, is difficult, because we don't do it in mainstream theatre, but it's very liberating. So that's, that's how it's different every night as well, on a more detailed level, as opposed to the obvious cast changes and the prop use, really. Um, so I've just been joined by Liam, uh, the producer of the show. Is that yes. your official title? That is my official title. Official and title. Jack Whitton is one of the actors as well. Yes. Um, uh, so what attracted you to this particular production? Or the style of production. I had no choice in it really. I was. Um, you were coach, I was. Well, I, I was. I was an actor in it when it first started. Um, when we first started training for it, way in the early days, because we trained for it about ten months. With about about seventy or eighty actors came and went during that time, and then I was away producing on a project elsewhere. When it went initially went into production, we had four weeks um, intense rehearsal with the company who actually kind of took it on board. Um, and then and then about three months in, Alex and Tim, who were the two original kind of co-founders, said we don't know how to produce. We're starting to do this, and people seem to want to see it. Can you come and do it? And so I've been producing all of the factories' work ever since. But it's a really exciting thing to produce. One because you get to, to this evening. Most of the actors had to come to me and get a slip of paper with an action on it. So or an instruction. Or an instruction on it. So um, what did you have, Simon? I had as Rose and Guildenstone. Our instruction was the same for both of us, which is that very simply it said on the piece of paper. You know everything. No, no, no. You need to know everything. Or to <laughs> know everything. No, to know everything. That was simply yeah. it. It's just to know everything. And it's also it's right. And it's right. To be aggressive. Do you think you've got? Yeah. I've got aggressive on tonight. Yeah. 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 Candle in the face. Yeah. 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 Which deserves it. Okay. Put it out and my hand yeah. It looks very good. <laughs> but it's great to produce because yeah. you produce on your feet. You don't only kind of set up the gigs. We did. We've done Regent Street Festival where it was kind of all the way. Kind of did it all the way down the street. There's about. 100,000 people came and went. They weren't all watching us. We had about 100, 200 and stayed, with us, yeah. stayed with us for the whole time. But so, in the moment, if an actor says, can I get on that balcony up in that shop, I get to go in, talk to the security guard, see if I can get them on the balcony, all of that kind of thing. So it's quite, it's an exciting thing to produce, because it's on your feet, really. I guess one kind of uh, final question or discussion, can you give us a bit more about um, kind of upco upcoming or future plans for where this project is headed? This project particularly, um, uh, we've been doing Hamlet now for nearly four years, and uh, every time, see, I had said originally that we might not play it in the UK again, 
but seeing what is coming out this week, one wonders whether that's a wise decision, and one should never say never. Um, there's talk of it. There's been talk, and it's kind of reborn a bit about us going to New York with it. it. Nearly happened a couple of years ago, and then the bottom fell out of everything financial, including us going to that. Um, Canada was on, on the cards for a Canada while. Canada on the cards, and still could be if yeah. we kind of retap that up. Um, so I think Hamlet's probably still got a bit of a journey to go. To be honest, it's too wide and varying not to. There's too um, much interest in it, isn't it? But what we won't be doing is doing it kind of regularly in the UK in any way. It'll be kind of if we get like we have been. The Rose have brought us in for the project, and so it's on to new stuff. Really, it's on to new new projects, and and the Odyssey is the current one in. Um, percolation. TC3. It's like the yeah, Terminator, Terminator Carol, films. Tim Tim Carol 3. 3. Let's hope it's better than the uh, Terminator 3 film. It's <laughs> terrible. Yeah. So, and again, that's different. It's different. It'll be different rules, and but based on our kind of principle of making it live. Making it live. Fixing different. the flowing is what Tim talks about. I think fixing the flowing is, is a good way of looking at Hamlet, the Seagull, Round 2, the work we're doing in the Odyssey. So that point, people talk about us being an improv company, and that's kind of a new thing that people have talked about. And it's, it's not what we do at all. Um, it's about having fixed points and, and flowing points in order to make it live. Cool. Well, thanks, guys. Thank you. Shakespeare talks. Thanks for listening to the PlayShakespeare.com podcast. Check us out on the web at www.playshakespeare.com, where you can find the full texts of all of Shakespeare's works, as well as synopses, character notes, and reviews of performances throughout the United States and the UK. If you're interested in reviewing for Play Shakespeare and live in a city in which we don't already have a reviewer, get in touch with me by email at cadams at playshakespeare.com. I'm Chris Adams. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Shakespeare Talks, brought to you by the Shakespeare Society and PlayShakespeare.com. Shakespeare Talks.